enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. My name is Monica, and I'll be your host today as we talk about a very cool new book from Colville Press called Why I Geek. With me today is one of the editors of the book, Clay. Thank you so much for being here. Before we get started, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about you and the role you play in Why I Geek? Sure. My name is Clay Dockery, and I am, like you said, the co-editor of Why I Geek. And um, I am also the editor-in-chief. And what we've been trying to do is, uh, with Col- of uh, Coal Hill Press, what we've been trying to do is put together a series of uh, fandom books that kind of introduce people to different fandoms and are an exciting way to get ex- engaged in the things that we love. Awesome. And then um, what is what exactly is Why I Geek? So Why I Geek is a collection of um, fandom origin stories. People from a bunch of different fandoms wrote in what it was that got them excited about it, why it is they decided to become a member of that fandom. And for a lot of people, it was the fandom that got them into the world of geekdom. The idea is to try to get people to embrace who they are and kind of show other people that there's many, many different ways that we can be fans and that there is a kind of unique and connective tissue between all of the different fandoms and how we can do that. Excellent. And um, at what point were you guys so inspired that you said we really need to sit down and look at all these different fandom stories and what was it that inspired you guys to want to put a book like this together? It was this notion that there's so many different fans and oftentimes we're kind of defined by the ways that we're divided. And we wanted to try to get a thing that brought together everyone from all of the different fandoms to say that there's connective tissue between it, that there's not one way to be a fan. There's not a wrong way to be a fan. Well, what I always say is that there's no right way to be a fan. Um, what I consider the the only wrong way to be a fan is to be divisive, to be kind of a gatekeeper for other people. And as long as you're not doing that, then you're kind of bringing people into your world. The other idea was to kind of have a book that you might be able to hand to people to say, hey, if someone's like, why are you so into that weird thing that you could be like, well, here's a here's an example from 18 different people and 18 different perspectives of why I'm into that kind of different thing. I really love that. And I also like that you said um, there's no right way to be a fan because I feel when it comes to gatekeeping, the biggest words used in, in gatekeeping is um, you're not a big enough fan or like trying to, you know, set out an example of, you know, what makes a really good fan. Oh, well, you didn't read all the Marvel comics or you don't know about these other Marvel characters. You only know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe or, you know, in Doctor Who, for example, you only know you only know the new who you don't know about the classic who and things like that. And so I really love that you say that there's no right way to be a fan. Yeah, I mean, that's a really fundamental thing for I know for me personally, I just 
I can't stand the way that some people within the fandom want to try to put up these barriers and borders to other people. And the idea of this book and the idea of everything that we do with kind of our Cole Hill collective where we go to conventions and give and give programs and we're doing this book and some other things to try to bring people together, to try to say that everyone's story, no matter what your story is, it's both unique and valuable, but it's also universal, that we all have some kind of story. And every fan of Doctor Who who's seen every episode of the original run of the show and the modern run of the show, um, they all have value to them. And if I only want to watch the starting now with the current series and I love it, then I'm still a fan. And if I only want to watch the first Doctor, then it's the same thing. And it's the same. You might have interesting things that you learn by being a fan of everything. You might have interesting things that you learn from being a deep dive into one thing. It's all great. It's all a, poor, a part of being a community of people together. Absolutely. And um, you even include baseball, which is really a really great idea, I think, because so many people don't realize that sports are absolutely a type of fandom. And probably the most stream one, um, the most mainstream fandom would be sports. Um, what led you guys to include things like sports or music into your book? So it was another one of those things where oftentimes when we talk about that, particularly when we particularly when we on the nerdier side talk about sports, there's a lot of attempts to divide us from them there too. But um, my friend Betsy, who wrote the baseball article in this, very much has the relationship with sports that a lot of us have with fandom. And like you say, it's a classic thing that a lot of people can relate to, but often we think about it as a division. And one of the things we wanted to try to do is say, no, these these things that are considered more mainstream, first of all, have a million different ways people can connect to them, but also those underlying principles that draw people in to music, to sports, to Doctor Who, to other TV shows. We do a thing about uh, like prestige TV, like Breaking Bad, that uh, is in the book too, which is different type of fandom. And again, but it's the same type of underlying principle, that everything is about how we can grow and be together as fans. Absolutely. And shows like, for example, um, Game of Thrones, or like you said, Breaking Bad, they have a bigger, wide, um, bigger mainstream audience. And so they're not considered as geeky, but, you know, absolutely, they're definitely a type of geeky fandom, you know? Yeah. And again, it's, it's this notion that, you know, just, just because something is mainstream, just because just because there are terrible people who are sports fans doesn't mean that being a sports fan is a different or terrible thing, which is another part of this too, right? It's about what we do with our fandom and how our fandom helps us to engage with the world that makes it what's great. So why I geek is because it appeals to me and I find something valuable in it. And then how I geek is just as important. How do I use the things that I have come to love to hopefully engage the world in a great way. I love that. I love that you say how I geek, because like you said, there's no right way to geek, but there's so many ways of um, like geeking out 
in general. Like somebody might, you know, express themselves based on their talents, like costume making or, you know, resources that they have, like being able to attend different events and things like that. And it's something that we don't always like really realize. One of the things that I always kind of see in gatekeeping is um, people are like, well, say music, for example, you know, um, and I used to do this. I used to gatekeep in music, not knowing that that's what I was doing, but I would say, oh, you're not a real fan. You haven't been to like all these shows or all these, you know, different events for this musician or this band that I like. And I would think that I was a bigger fan, but a lot of that was just resources. I had resources available to me that some people may not have. I have, you know, um, shows in my area where across the country and different parts of the world, people might not be, might not have shows easily accessible to them. And it, I didn't realize that until I got older, um, how one immature that is and how, unrealistic it is of what a fan is and how that doesn't mean that somebody's not a good fan or that somebody's not a fan of it as much as I am, for example. So I really love that you include all that and you talk about, you know, how fandom, any way you, you are a fan, um, is valid. Yes. And that's very much what we try to do with this book. And again, it's, it's this notion. And again, we kind of chose just, stories that were appealing that people had that were from various fandoms and tried to include a, a pretty wide spectrum of types of fandoms. But again, by no means do we think that these are all the stories or all the fandoms. There's so many different ways that people can connect. We want people to kind of share, you know, like tell your story as you're coming about this, what it is that brought you into fandom, how it is that you connect with whatever it is you connect with. And a lot of, there's a lot of crossover a lot of people are fans of many different things, but why it is that you kind of felt compelled to be a fan of the things that you're a fan of is just a great and compelling story to me. And what kind of fandoms do you guys talk about in the book? So there's a bunch of different ones. Um, like we've talked about baseball and um, Breaking Bad and Bob Dylan is a music thing that's in there. Um, Doctor Who... Uh, my Little Pony, uh, Star Trek and Star Wars. The Star Wars article is a really emotionally effective one that is written by Christine Evans. Uh, the Doctor Who one is by Robert Smith, who's a great writer about Doctor Who things. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which Andy Hicks, who's also one of our kind of creative minds behind the whole project that we do, uh, threw that one in there. X-Files, um, Supernatural, uh, and then some of the weirder, different types of things that are ways that people connect to things that are different, like professional west wrestling and stand-up comedy are also in there. So it's a bunch of different types of ways to connect to things. I love that. And is there anything that you were surprised to learn about other fandoms while you were, were, while you were putting this book together? Uh, for the most part, I don't think that anything was particularly surprising. I Just the notion, the... The closest thing to a surprising notion to me was just how kind of emotionally connected people were to the idea of being able to tell their stories, which I think was the great thing that I was hoping that people would have, but I was worried that people wouldn't be able to find that within themselves. But everyone that we were approached with this project and everyone that we were approached with our current project, which is kind of taking a reverse angle on things, um, has been super super into the idea of telling their story, which is great. 
I really love that. And then also, um, is there anything you learned about yourself while you were going through this and um, writing down like your experiences? Um, yes. So it was a very, it was a very kind of emotionally wrenching process to kind of go back and tell the story of how I got into fandom. Because for a long time, I wasn't really a fandom type of person. I didn't really know that there were things like conventions going on. I did, you know, college and grad school and living my regular life for years and years. And then um, I kind of came to this place where I was living by myself here in New York and didn't know anybody and didn't know how to connect with people very well here. And I wound up meeting the Harry Potter meetup group here and exploring that story and exploring what that wound up meaning for my life was really, was really both great and kind of cathartic, but also uh, difficult in some ways. Well, that's really sweet. Um, I mean, it's sweet in the sense that like you were able to reflect on your life and how fandom has affected your life. And I love the idea of, you know, talking about like, everybody's personal fandom origin story the way you know a superhero would you know have their own you know fandom origin i'm sorry not fandom how a superhero would have their own origin story and that's really special because i feel like it empowers us to feel like we are the heroes of our own story and how did fandom become such a part of our lives like you said like you don't even realize that until that you have that reflection Yes, when we came up with the idea to do this book, the first thing we thought is we wanted to do a book about fandoms, right? But it was a process to try to figure out how we were going to express that. And I'm not sure if it was Stephen or if it was me, but at some point during the collaborative process, we came up with that idea that the way that this book should be presented was that these stories should be origin stories, just like you said, of like a superhero has an origin story and everyone has everyone has a every superhero has an origin story no matter what their powers are no matter what universe they're from and there's connected tissue to it right it's like how does this how does this help the superhero become who it is that they're supposed to be and by putting that out there we were hoping that we could express that and again it's it's 18 different stories with 18 different unique takes because everyone is a superhero in a different and valuable way. So do you have any favorite stories from this book? Um, yeah, I have a few favorite stories. I mean, I, I really love them all, and I, I am so glad that the people that agreed to do it were a part of the process. But, I mean, the, the stories, Stephen's story about his relationship with musical theater and Rent in particular is really great, and Christine's is super emotionally affecting. I, I encourage everyone to read that. And Andy and, um, and Roberts are both very funny and engaging and tell the story of uh, why it is that someone would be into those fandoms, Doctor Who and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, in a way that I think is completely different than the way that people might be expecting coming into it. And, I mean, everybody did a great job. Kat, three different stories about three different prestige TV shows is uh, an entirely separate take. As she says in the article, it's not the nerd typical take that Kat takes. It's a, it's a new understanding of what it is that 
makes a nerdy fandom out of something that wasn't necessarily a nerdy show. And that led that led us to putting on a West Wing convention um, for those same reasons. For most of the people who came to the West Wing convention that we did last September had never been a, at any type of fan convention ever before. But they were super. You were on a West Wing convention? Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, we we. Uh, Kat and I had this idea to do it, and then I found uh, a couple other people, Claire and Elisa, who helped me put on a, a great convention with a bunch of other fantastic people who came out, and we did a, a West Wing. Cat uh, and Lawrence Niels did um, with Kim DeBus, and several other people did like a, a West Wing parody musical, and we brought a bunch of people from the show in. It was really fun. But again, that was kind of born out of this idea of taking something that's not necessarily a regular type of fandom and turning it into a way that you can express yourself and because this has been so valuable for those of us who've done it. That is amazing. I really love that. I didn't, and it's so funny because I love how you say like there are things that people typically wouldn't know about. Like you said, when you were in New York, you didn't know about conventions and things like that. And I think that unless you're in a fandom, you don't know about other things going on, like a fandom events. Like, you know, most origin stories I would imagine would be like, hey, I watched this thing and it was really cool. And that's kind of like, you know, for most people, that's, you know, I saw it on TV and it was great and I really liked it. You know, or I bought the T-shirt or I bought this or whatever it is. But um, like for me, I just happened to hear something on a radio about like a convention coming up. I'd never really been to one. And so when you start, you know, kind of uh, delving deeper and deeper into like these convention scenes, that's where you kind of find out about like more events. And obviously when you find like-minded people, it's really nice. Um, so congratulations on that. I'm really glad that you guys put this book together. Um, what do you hope that people take away from this book? biggest things that we really hope people will take away are the things that we talked about as being the fundamental principles of it. One, that there's no right way to be a fan. Everyone is a fan of something. Um, and everyone has a connection, has a, a way that they can express themselves more fully if they allow themselves to kind of be who they are through that fandom, to turn that fandom into something to, to help you to see the world in a different way. And so the biggest thing, that's the biggest thing that I want people to, to take away from this, that you, every single person has a story to tell, and either your origin story is out there to tell, or you just haven't come across it yet. You haven't been bitten by the radioactive spider, but it's coming. So uh, be on the lookout for it. I love that. <laughs> um, and where can people get this book? Uh, the book is available on all the kind of online platforms for things. It's on Amazon. It's the easiest way to get it. It's uh, available in both print and on um, Kindle version. Um, the Kindle version I don't like as much because the thing made it look weird, I think. But, you know, that's fine. It, it's still it's still the book, and I think it's still good. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you order it online, then they'll ship it to you. Um, it's not available in any regular bookstores at the moment, although we're, as I said, putting together the next project, which I, I can't announce when it will be out, but it's 
going to be why I geek Harry Potter. And the idea is to talk about the one fandom and at least 18 different stories of how people engage with that one fandom. So kind of, instead of being a spread across the universe thing like this one is, it's a deep dive into all whole bunch of different ways to explore into one fandom. And as that one launches, then we're hoping to get some like book events at at least conventions and signings and stuff like that for both books happening in the near future. I absolutely love that. And I wish you all the best of luck with that. Any last thoughts before we sign off? Thank you so much for having us on here. And um, I love the website and love the stuff that you do. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I really appreciate you coming on for, you know, uh, our listeners. I know you guys don't know this, but this is Clay and I's our second time attempting to record this podcast. We got together in person at Gallifrey One, which is a really fun Doctor Who convention that we went to um, a few weeks ago. And unfortunately, that did not work out very well. So I really want to take this moment to just say thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to come back and talk to us again and to talk to our audience. And I really appreciate you. So I have just one more thing there that I would like to throw out to you, which is I think it would be really interesting for your audience and for all of us here to hear your origin story and fandom. So can you tell us your story? Wow. Um, so I think my origin story will probably start somewhere around like eight or nine year old Monica sitting with, you know, all her boy cousins who were sitting around kind of like with these crates and crates of comic books and they were organizing them and they were kind of like, you know, kind of reading and going through them and organizing their comic books. And I just got curious and I started picking them up to read them. And my first comic book was the Wolverine series of comic books. And I really enjoyed them. I enjoyed the art. I really, you know, I had a lot of fun kind of like reading some of those X-Men comics. And so my mom would take my cousin and I, um, you know, on the new comic day every week to go pick out a comic book at the comic book store. And at the time, you know, the only people that like were reading comics just happened to be boys, at least in my inner circle. And so I started having you know, a lot of friends who were boys and, you know, because not because they were boys, but because they were the only ones kind of reading the same things that I was reading. And they were the only ones that I could really talk to about it. And early on, I think I was labeled a tomboy um, because I just spent so much time um, with boys. But it wasn't like an accurate description of who I was. I wasn't trying to be a boy. I just they were the only ones who were talking about the same things that I was talking about. And my, you know, my family just kind of got a little bit irritated sometimes that I would always want to wear like a Batman shirt or like um, I didn't want to wear dresses or things like that. Not because I didn't want like being girly. I did like being girly, but I did like being feminine, I guess you could say. Um, but I just really liked Batman and I really liked Wolverine and I really liked my fandoms and I just wanted to wear that stuff all the time because it's what was my favorite at the time. It's what I loved. And so, you know, I feel like that's kind of where it started was um, being mislabeled for those for those of us or my listeners that don't know. I write the uh, Temple of Geek Chic column for Temple of Geek, which is basically um, a column where I talk about geek fashion and where to find them. And um, 
And I think it all kind of started there. It was inspired by the fact that when I was little, I didn't have things to wear that I felt confident in. And what made me feel confident were these superheroes that I was reading about. And I just go around and I look for different types of geek fashion to share with other people because I feel like maybe there's another, you know, me somewhere out there who, you know, wants to wear like a girly dress, but would also like it to be kind of a superhero dress. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I do. I kind of just, you know, that's how I got into geek, I think. That's great. Thank you so much. No, thank you for asking. That's so sweet of you. Um, This is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows, why don't you head over to templeofgeek.com. There you'll find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Thank you again, Clay, for coming on this episode. My name is Monica, and we will see you next time. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com, your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.